This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. How about it? Hey, dude. Oh, my God. It is so nice. To be back just together. You know, I feel like the last couple podcasts we've been apart. Oh my God, dude. It hurts so much. I know. It hurts every time. Although I would say, <laughs> um, I thought it was great though. I really enjoyed every episode that we've been having lately, especially when you and Fabs talked about being single. Oh, yeah. I was like. You know, that was kind of a hit with some, with peeps, with yeah, peeps. With some peeps. Including my dad, actually. My dad was like, that was great. Fabs was wonderful. And then I was like, I talked about having sex on that episode. (laughs) Um, But that's cool. We're all adults. Yeah. Um, That's so funny because uh, when I was listening to it, I was like, man, they better mention me soon. And then then you guys did. So that was my favorite part. Oh, yeah. I think it came up a couple times. (laughs) I know. And I really liked how you guys' assessment of my roles in conversation. (laughs) You're like, yeah, good thing Hannah Hart's not here to like tell us what's going on. I was like, yeah, I'm coming, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you were, your presence was felt, you know? Speaking of feeling a presence, <gasps> have you guys ever felt a presence? Maybe something you couldn't identify. Maybe something you didn't quite know how <laughs> to what your finger on. <laughs> what? I don't know. There's a sentence in there somewhere. I, I felt it. I felt it too. Anyway, so that's why we here today at Analyze This, the amazing, groundbreaking self-help podcast that just can't help itself and partial business advice podcast. <laughs> we are very excited to present uh, this week's guest. It's Julia. I just realized I'm not exactly certain how to pronounce her last name. I'm going to try. I want to see you I give it a try. <laughs> I'm going to go with Shafini. You got it. Got it in one. Name, name, name. I should have a job reading last names. <laughs> Julia, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about you, yourself, and, um, you know, what's your deal, man? Like, what's your Yeah, like, your my, my purpose in life, yeah. Uh, so, my name is Julia Schifini. I, I am a uh, historian by, by training, a voice actor and sound designer by day, and podcasting full-time all the time. Uh, I, I got into kind of myths and spirits when I randomly picked up uh, Edith Hamilton's mythology when I was way too young probably like fifth grade or something like that it's way too early to be thinking about Zeus just having sex with everyone (laughs) or just the right age yeah yeah, I mean a lot of (laughs) self-discovery happening there for sure for sure Uh, and and then I went off to college I was like I really like history and then I took a class with a professor my first semester freshman year who was a religious studies professor, super liked her, kept, uh, went to her at the end of the semester. I was like, professor, uh, what classes are you teaching next semester? She's like, well, there's this capstone class that's only for seniors. I'm like, so can't do that. And she's like, and then there's the meaning of death. I'm like, I will see you next semester. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Meaning and, then of death. I'll see taking, and then I just kept taking classes with her until I ended up with a completely different separate major and graduate two degrees. So I mean, that's just the way it goes sometimes, man. Sometimes it just be like that. Now, I, that's, I want to ask, what was your initial 
draw to the book and to this realm? Right, because I feel like it's hard for me to explain because I have some very nerdy books about fairies. And if someone was like, Hannah, why do you like these? (laughs) I would, (laughs) it's a very almost visceral like of just emotional response or something. So it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to describe. I think the thing is that when when we're like young women or uh, young like female presenting people, um, mm. and we're we're raised in a society where you know our anger and frustration is not allowed, and we discover mythology and we discover fairy books and we discover goddesses like Athena or we we discover stories like Medusa, we we see that female rage that is not only acceptable, it's shown as powerful. Yeah, and. All of a sudden, we're like, "Oh, that's that's an option." Okay, so that's definitely what like drew me to these stories very early on was this idea of another type of woman that I wasn't seeing in society at the point where I was when I was in fifth grade as a eleven year old or however old you are in fifth grade. Damn, uh, I am so impressed with that response. Yeah, me too. But I cannot move. <laughs> like, I'm gonna say I'm... this in like the most. This is just a joke, okay? And God was like, I love fairies. And people are like, why? And I'm like, there's just no way. I can't tell you. I don't want to know. And it turns out, well, <laughs> let me tell you a thing about rage. The archetype of the, yeah, let me tell you a thing about rage. I really love that answer because you don't think of, I think of Medusa, you know, you, you, I've always thought that that is like, oh no, what a scary figure. But you're right. It is just totally like, oh wow, what a powerful a woman in in a form of power and like yeah. that and the ability to like turn people to stone is like she can shut down an argument like she is mm. done talking those snakes start to come out mm. that is it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. conversation mm. over the really cool thing about the medusa story was she was a proto-grecian goddess so she was a protector god you saw a lot of her imagery on shields oh, and outside wow. of temples as a way of like providing protection and then when that society was taken over by our classical greeks they kind of transformed her into this monstrous character and so the story Mm. of medusa the original grecian story is that she was a priestess of athena who was raped by poseidon in athena's temple and as punishment athena transformed her into this monster punishment for being raped Exactly. Yes. There's a lot of terrible, terrible victim blaming in original Greek mythology. But then a lot of a lot of post-feminist interpretations of the myth is Athena giving this power to Medusa so that no one could ever do that to her again. Mm. Cool. I mean, wow, there is a whole field of study here. Right. And, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, every uh, representation of Medusa in the media that I'm aware of is like, she's this kind of evil bitch. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's just the man trying Mm -hmm. to pull one over on me. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, she sure is a vengeful monster figure, like my mom. (laughs) Not my mom, but like, I'm just saying like a man's mom, probably, you Mm -hmm. know? Okay. He's like, yeah, you never know when your mom's just like going to turn you to stone and hate her so much. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. What's a Greek way? What's the Greek name of Todd? You know, because in the American analogy, I'd be like, like I don't know. Theseus. Yeah, oh, Theseus. totally. God damn it. I love you. I know. That's so good. <laughs> now, can I ask, you've spent so much time studying these cultures across the board, kind of like seeing the evolution almost of, of mythology. What are some of the most striking similarities you've noticed? And are there any like striking differences between all these cultures and their interpretations of myth and whatnot? <laughs> Definitely a big question. I will say that 
I think if you look at mythology across the board, like through all cultures and all worlds, give or take, this is a very broad statement I'm making. You, you just see that humans have always been humans and the way that we rationalize things has always been the same. So you can look across the board at flood myths. There are flood myths in every culture and the way that we react to that as a start of the new world and a creation of like something new and genuine is something that is universal. And there are thousands and thousands of examples of, you know, we respect water spirits because everyone knows someone who's drowned, as my co-host likes to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's there's this really broad understanding of like humans have always been humans and we've always looked as a way of understanding the world around us by telling stories. Mm. The way we tell those stories can vary depending on the topic or the culture, but the I, the broad sense of this is how we explain this thing has always persisted. You know, that's actually, I think, a, a more compelling similarity than I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say like, like leave it at, isn't it interesting? Everybody talked about a flood, but thinking about it in terms of the way that we formatively process events and mm. how we do, uh, communicate with each other as, as a people. It's like one of the things in our evolutionary scale that really separates humans from animals. We can share beliefs in things that we cannot see with the senses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have, have you ever been studying up on a certain type of uh, mythos or whatnot? And then been like, oh shit, that's real. I am that. And then like <laughs> a book started to glow and like, you know what I mean? Like what, how, like, how did you deal with I'm, that kind of a moment? I'm waiting for that moment where the book starts to glow and I get transported into a <laughs> oh, Are you? Are you really, really though? Me freaking too, dude. Me too. Are you really though? Like when you study this stuff, is it like, I guess, I mean, this might be a really silly question for a historian, but like how easy is it to keep like, I don't know, objectivity? Are, how are you ever swayed by the myths you're reading? I am very I try to be as objective as possible when I'm telling these stories because uh, I was I was raised Catholic and as I started learning more about different religions and different cultures mythologies and stuff like that you you start to have people kind of point out the like fallacies in your own culture and faith and mm -hmm. so I started being able to like look at things more objectively that way including my own stuff because you know you realize it's very easy to look at this culture and be like, haha, those people believe that? That's ridiculous. And then you look mm. at your own culture like, oh, yeah, in, in Catholicism, we think a snake tempted a person and, and that's why humans are the way they are. You know what I mean? Or we like, think that like right, right. democracy is alive and well in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Ouch. in Judaism, like, you know, the Red Sea parted. Or I guess that's the old. I mean, I don't see any evidence that it didn't. <laughs> or you know the whole all of water was turned into blood yeah okay uh, <laughs> that was okay that was a little tough yeah that was red tide tough. yeah, yeah you know, right. like, oh, mm. the, there's explanations for everything it just it's a matter of faith in mm. a lot of these stories and you know as a historian you can't put your faith in every story that you're learning about can you put them yeah. in any stories like do you feel like <laughs> well i mean i'm serious like do you feel like you know this is the groundbreaking mental health podcast analyze this <laughs> we you know like to kind of relate everything back mm. to like our personal experience well i think mm -hmm. myths legend stories all those things are very related to mental health because they're like a lot of it is projections humans trying to explain their own behavior their own desires yeah. their dark side their light side like right right like he, uh, oh, she cast a spell on him and that's why the uh, priest had an affair or whatever 
Mm, you know, mm, remember they're always like, she's a witch because I love her. Right. Ah, yes. Film <laughs> or, witch trials. Right. Such a mood. Or such a mood. <laughs> Hashtag witch trials. Hashtag witch trials. Um, yeah. Or just wanting to fly too close to the sun. Mm. Wanting to fly, period. Mm. Just yeah. all these things that we want that will help us not think about the fact that we're going to die. Yeah. And then there's so many stories just about the fact that we're going to die. Right. So. Right. The Hawaiian myth as to why people die is <gasps> oh the best. Wait, what have is you, it? Have you heard this one? Uh-oh. Okay. So one of my favorite stories, and we actually did this as an episode right before Moana came out because we knew that like, you know, that it was going to be Hawaiian and Pacific Islander based uh, folklore. So the story as to why we die, according to Hawaiian mythology, is that Maui, the god of the trickster god of wind and sea, if you've seen Moana, uh, played mm-hmm. by Twain the Rock Johnson, uh, basically very much a dude bro, like Marty McFly from uh, Back to the Future. Basically, <laughs> if someone dared him to do a thing, he would do it. He was dared by, I think, one of his older brothers or something like that to kind of go retrieve a thing from the goddess who would eventually become the death goddess. So she had a uh, a obsidian vagina made out, uh, with like spikes and teeth. What the fuck? Oh, that's dope. Oh my God. And- that's your dream come true, Hannah. <laughs> that's what you want so bad. Totally. And like, I- like I could choose... When yeah. it comes out, like when it's there. Oh, like when you're mad, you could just like, like Medusa, just extend and come up like to your eye level. Right. And also look at the person. Right. Just or teeth when and I've, When I've been with like the ninth guy who's like, well, I'm done. That was great. <laughs> and I'm like, um, excuse me? Ah! Anyways, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please continue. So... Maui turns into, I think it was either a lizard or a bird, or he just shrinks down. He had a tendency to do these kind of weird transformation stuff. But basically, he crawls into said vagina. Um, oh, God. He, while the goddess is sleeping, the goddess wakes up, just clamps right down on it, and Maui is the first human to die. What? Okay, that's cool. Okay, wait. And what? so the rest of humans all die because Maui is the first to die, and it becomes so- a cycle. Does that mean everyone dies by crawling into a giant obsidian <laughs> vagina? No. Just- yeah, like, so have we, like, should we go to Hawaii? Like, what? what? <laughs> yes, or- now we set the example. Now everyone gets to die in a vagina in Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, what my a, God. What a great story. Wait, so, wait, like, what's the, okay, so with that myth, I'm like, what is the point of that? That, like what's the point of that is there's is there there's no fable there's no moral there's no like and that's why we don't let kids go out at night i mean it's classic hubris it's it's don't mess with larger women who are better than you oh hubris. <laughs> there's a better that. example there, thing yeah. strive for don't mess with the lady you're gonna get the teeth yep what that's yeah. yep but like yep. basically like knowing your place in society not like overstepping your boundaries etc mm. etc et and now we that all is, die because uh, someone overstepped right. their boundaries that is so common are you becoming <laughs> a myth is that why you're you're oh, learning be- to wrestle because you're she like- said specifically do not get okay. me started. no no no. <laughs> okay i will answer this because it has to do with mythology it okay. seems so, like please, a very transcendent do. kind of a thing i'm, I'm just so impressed okay sorry. yeah so <laughs> wrestling in its very essence is storytelling and it's broken down to the most simple form of storytelling there is it basically almost directly follows all of the like Jungian archetypes and Joseph Campbell's hero of a thousand faces it's just Mm. like it is the perfect encapsulation of human storytelling there is and also like you get to punch people so that's pretty cool (laughs) I mean win-win yeah Mm -hmm. but in what way is it telling a story 
there's a great wrestling promoter named Mike Quackenbush who has done a bunch of great talks about this. He basically, he says, a wrestling match is like watching the Avengers, but played out live in front of you. So it's these beautiful archetypes. You know exactly who the the hero is the moment he steps out into the ring. You know exactly oh. who the villain is when he steps out into the ring. They're just the epitome of who these characters are. Uh, unlike oh. in real life, where you actually don't know who someone is when they step out into the ring. You know, this reminds exactly. me of when Hannah Hart was explaining football to me. It was very it much is a, a yeah. story about the like underdog, the legacy, and, and the kind of evil overlords, the dynasty, mm-hmm. the dynasties, the advantages, yeah, the, the relationships the between the players, and like that—that that was the story. Well, if, well, you know what's so interesting about humans is that like our ability to communicate in tribes like larger than like 150 is because we can create ideas and hold them as truths in our heads, and we, animals only know how to communicate like this river is wet because I'm touching it. Earlier tribes or earlier like you know ancient man would only be able to say at this river that I'm pointing at, there's fish. Now people can say things like, if you go to this mountain over here, there will be fish. Mm. And that ability to communicate Mm. and like tell stories (laughs) or learn lessons or be like, last year someone died. And like, we believe that is true. If, If we, even if we didn't see them die there, that is something that separates us. Like that's really what separates us from animals. Because if you think about it, somebody telling you go above this mountain and you'll find this fruit that is a myth because you cannot see it, touch it, or taste it. You two are sharing that it's the story is true. Right. It's not in front yeah. of your eyes. It's not happening this instant. Exactly. And animals only know how to process things that are happening this instant. Mm-hmm. And early man only knew how to process this is happening this instant. I feel like dolphins may be. Well, who's like, dolphins aren't humans inside? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who fucking knows? Yeah, I, you know, wow. I used to be like all about dolphins. I was like, what? Dolphins? That's a cool animal. Mm. Wow. Intelligent, beautiful, majestic. Mm. And then like you find out about that, that they have personalities and that some are assholes. And then I'm just yeah. like, you know, what? I actually fuck dolphins. <laughs> I mean, more of a reason that they're probably close to humans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Because yeah. they are assholes. Mm. Yes. Some of them can be assholes. You do. Consciousness is when you become an asshole. Uh, yes. That's my theory. That's <laughs> the option of yes. assholery. So can I ask, how do you separate mythology, folklore, or do, is there a separation between that and like, quote unquote, the supernatural? Like people that are psychics or ghosts or that kind of stuff. Like what makes something mythology, folklore, blah, and what makes something a ghost story? So there's definitely like a scholarly definition that defines mythology as separate from folklore, as separate Mm. from like folk tradition. You know what I mean? I think when we start defining the supernatural, I think we start looking at those traditions, but set in sort of a modern setting. So, you know, when you're looking at like there's werewolf folk tradition that goes back to Germany during the the Middle Ages or even as far back as like Greco-Roman traditions and stuff like that. But when we think of werewolf, the first thing that comes to mind is usually something that is much more modernized, you know. So when we're when I think of supernatural, I'm thinking of fiction that is taking those traditions and bringing them to a, a modern setting. Oh, so it's kind of like a time, it's like a, it's an era difference. So then what are some myths do you think that we're creating now? Well, okay, so I'm getting a lift to the train station and my driver starts talking about alien craft. I forget how we got on the subject, but 
he's talking about how the government has all these alien spaceships and mm-hmm. all of our technology comes from them and how possibly angels possibly god is an alien and maybe god has visited earth in a rainbow a rainbow in a robot as a robot i don't know that's what he said <laughs> i maybe, literally like maybe i could god not has visited earth as a robot alien <laughs> That's uh, I think that's the Raelians' uh, belief. I my my capstone was on um, like American founded religions. The Raelians basically believed that God came to Earth. I think in France on a mountaintop Mm. as as what we kind of ideally think of as angels, but he came in a spaceship and basically God and the angels are aliens. I think that's the basic premise. Oh, trying to remember. So, it's been a couple of years since I studied the Ray Aliens. But. Oh my, wow. Ray Aliens. So, wow. That is mind-blowing. So if the separation between supernatural and myth is a pre-existing connotation as the, is mm-hmm. the history, then what are, in your mind, or are there any myths that we're creating today that, like, in oh. the future? Yeah, heck yeah. I think the, um, I think the just urban legend especially with the internet kind of really spreading stuff more frequently. Urban legends are just basically modern Alive and well. nowadays. They're better yeah. than they've ever been. I mean, I mean the flat earth. I could even I could even name some. We have like Tall Man, Thin Man. What's mm-hmm. Tall Man? Slender Man. Slender Man. There's like uh, Bloody Mary. Or is that kind of old? Why do they all have to be scary? Because that's what we like. <laughs> <laughs> but like what happened to the ones that are like, you know, well, I guess they're all kind of scary. I mean, I remember even in the days of AIM, yeah, getting a thing that would be like, if you don't share this ten times, like so and so's gonna. Oh my god, your you're totally right. What's they're it gonna called? Kill um, you. Like, what are the names of those things? Chain letters. Chain letters. That's yeah. our fucking modern myth. Wow, we are just people in the past were like, let's talk about demons and vampires, <laughs> like, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we got to chain mail. Today we're like, it's gonna come to your phone. It's gonna touch you on the face. Man, I, come on! There's got to be a cooler version of a myth than that. Like, no, what? I'm sure, in, there. I'm sure. There. How about the nuclear family? Is that a good myth? Wait, you mean like quantum physics? No, I mean the nuclear. Family. Oh, the nuclear family! <laughs> like mother, daughter. Yeah, I thought, like son. when I didn't get a laugh out of that amazing joke, I was like, <laughs> "Did you good. see when you looked over at me? I looked at you like, what's your deal? Like, yeah. what's up, man? Oh, you know what, dude? The nuclear family is a fucking myth. It is a myth. I mm-hmm. remember, monogamy. I've learned that uh, more than half of American families are not. Are you know, quote unquote, atypical families. So doesn't that make them typical? Well, exactly. Yes, the the fifties are awful and set up a lot of connotations for what mm. society is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is now the subsection of this amazing episode called "Okay, but what about?" Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Have you seen the show American Gods? Yes, of course. Oh my gosh, I, I love Neil Gaiman. What is it? It's about how. When everyone started arriving in America, all these different peoples, they all brought their gods with them. But then they started believing in new gods, like new modern gods, like media, TV, and their gods were abandoned. And as they abandoned their gods, they lost their power. So it's kind of about how these old gods from all the old countries are trying to like make a stand and like get their power back. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. I loved Anansi so much on that show. Oh, my mm, God. Yeah. It's so great. Julie, are you familiar uh, with this program? Yes, I love this. And Neil Gaiman is one of my favorite uh, authors. And gosh, it's it's just a really good show. And also, it brings a good point to your uh, what our like modern mythology is, because one of the great examples on that show is the men in black. Basically, the idea of the like the, the government, uh, you know, secret service people. 
yeah, mm-hmm. Secret Service people who are here either just kind of stopping people from investigating paranormal instances. Government conspiracy. More. Yeah. Oh, dude, you know what is a modern myth? Mm. Roswell, New Mexico. Yep. That's uh, a area great one 51. Too. That's one. That's an example. You know, it's really interesting, too, because the like alien mythology that comes out of America really boomed right after the Second World War and like the invention of nuclear power, which is really, really fascinating. And you can go into a whole subset on the mythology that came out of the nuclear age. But there are a lot of really cool and interesting traditions about aliens outside of that kind of classic American boom in like UFOs and whatnot. There's a great one about a woman who was said to have landed in the ocean on a metal craft uh, outside of Japan. I want to say in like the mid 1800s. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the woman from the story, but the fact that you can uh, remember she... anything is impressive to me. I'm like, how do you <laughs> yeah. keep it all straight? You're like, so then I don't Maui, know. Uh, was it Maui climbed into the obsidian? Oh, well, was it the They have a, a head for details. Yeah, clearly. That's really interesting because that is such an interesting point because I don't think I've ever heard a non American originated mm-hmm. alien story. That's all kind yeah. of like 1950s oh, yeah shit. area 51 like government conspiracy ah and step four modern classic ancient aliens that's what the the lift driver told me to watch that and i was okay. like what are you oh, talking about i find about? i'm gonna make a, i'm gonna make kind of like an intense statement mm. i like agent aliens like the way you like to watch reality tv right you're mm-hmm. like this is wild man sometimes uh, there are some episodes that I'm like, no, dude, they just used math to build that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're like, how did the ancient Mayans figure out that the glass, blah, blah. And I'm like, math? <laughs> yeah, a lot of the a lot of the ancient alien stuff tends to be a little bit racist because it's like, how did this not white culture figure out how to do math? I'm like, they were building this ship like way before you guys knew how to like count two and two together. Please. That's, dude, dude, that's exactly how and, I Okay, feel. you know what? This guy that I was with, the Lyft driver, he was, uh, I would Vaguely say, racist. a little racist. But I will yep. say though, I mean, like that, that aside, it's wildly entertaining and I love to yes. watch it. It is fascinating in the same way that like, I mean, it's like, ooh, that's a, that's a fun story. That's a fun theory. But for the most part, yeah, vaguely, kind of vaguely racist as if ancient cultures just didn't know how to do anything. Uh, I'm like, probably yeah. a rope and pulley system is my guess. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It's amazing how ingenious our ancestors were. And I cannot locate anything without my phone. <laughs> well, we're actually in luck because this podcast comes out. And you know what I'm doing this weekend? I'm going to Alien Con. Oh, what? That's Where fun. They have. That's going to be a blast. Uh, it, a, it is a blast. I actually got a photo and a signature, which is the Aliens guy. My mom it has always instilled a total love of the supernatural, the metaphysical, the theological. Like, we got to grow up in, like, a myth-rich house, you know? She still listens to this podcast called Coast to Coast. And it's, like, mm. Art Bell. And I remember growing up and, like, listening to Art Bell and, like, it is just fun to think about what else could be. It's almost like playing on a schoolyard where you're playing an imaginary game. Right. And we don't really know. And for we sure. don't really know. I mean, we know it's like something. playing an imaginary game. And then sometimes <laughs> someone's like, that's right, Billy. It is you. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's me. I'm the king or whatever. Like, it's fun. And we had a blast, Alien Con. You, you, you get into some interesting conversations with people. And the stuff that's sold there is wild. Shout out to you, Alien Con, and your wildly overpriced tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And get this though, in terms of conventions, you also have to pay for every meet and greet. So you pay for a ticket, mm. and then instead of just like Oof. lining up, you pay for a meet and greet. Well, that ain't cool. That sounds like New York Comic Con. Yeah. I want to oh, take yeah. a picture with Jason Momoa, but I don't want to spend a hundred dollars to do it. Uh, oh, oh God. I mean, God, I could do I, a couple things. I do a couple things. You just engulf me with his arms, like You're the like, height difference there. I just want to do a pull up on his bicep. <laughs> yes, like that's please. what I want to do. Or- Speaking of myths, Jason Momoa. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. So still did you not see- sure he's real. Yeah, well, we all saw the Aquaman. I, he can like just be standing up in a way that is so much more than standing up. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, I so <laughs> know what you mean. <laughs> okay, Julia, I wanted to ask you this. I know a few people who, t- you know, they've told me, oh, yeah, I've like had an experience with a presence. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen it actually, or I've, I've like seen it, you know, no one else did, but I felt it. I knew it was there. Have you ever had an experience like that? Or like, how would you what what would your response be to someone saying something like that so i i've never had personally a a supernatural or paranormal experience um but my husband is like one of those people who like as we say here on long island in my very italian community he has the sight so he's the kind of person who like be like man there's just like something off about this room i'm like yeah dude i get it <laughs> like it's, this room feels creepy but he's like no 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 there's a spirit here i'm like okay oh. <laughs> like all right well that's Fair that's enough. what it is that's why it have is. you yeah. met the long island medium i have not okay <laughs> and my husband has very strong opinions about it <laughs> girl i actually have family on long island and that was <laughs> when i first saw that show you know <laughs> uh I, th- yeah. I think it's only only fitting that as we as we start to kind of like to wind it down that we do share our, our experiences. And one of my most uh, confounding, excellent use of the word, Hannah, uh, experiences. Actually, Hannah Gell was there, partially there for. I was at Comic-Con in San Diego. I had been picked up by a driver. Oh. Drove me down to San Diego. The whole weekend, I wore this one pair of sunglasses the first day. There's pictures of me in interviews, pictures of me in photo lines, carrying around this pair of sunglasses. I accidentally left it in somewhere. Nobody could find it. Whatever. We were staying at a haunted hotel. The, the <laughs> that, Del Mar. Yeah, oh, the that, hotel was mm, fucking creepy as shit. That is a, like a documented haunted house. Haunted house. <laughs> the next day, I get up to go take a car back. So remember, I did not drive down. Mm. Some A, a driver mm-hmm. picked me up and re- was going to return me. I'm saying to Hannah Gelb and my friend Hannibal, who is also there, like, where are my freaking sunglasses? We tear the room apart looking for my sunglasses, call the hotel, call the interview people. I just really love those sunglasses, and I lost them. It was a bummer. I get back to Los Angeles. Still gives me chills to even think about this story. I get out of the driver's car. I'm like, thank you, sir, for the ride. I go into the house, drop my bag, grab my keys. I get in my car, and I think, well, I don't know. Maybe there's like a pair of aviators or something. I tap the little sunglasses box and what slowly appears before me are the exact sunglasses <laughs> I left in San Diego. So how did wow. they even get in that car? Dude, it is the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my life. It, they were the exact pair. Teeth Ooh. marks on them. Like, because I sometimes would chew on them. Uh, they were the pair. And I did not have a second pair of those glasses. That's why I was yeah. so sad I lost them in San Diego. 
So those sunglasses are like mm. your familiar. No, basically. I fucking got rid of them. They're haunted as shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was they're gonna like say. they're like the dummy that you put in the trash and then it's like sitting in your room the next. That day. happened also. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh no, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, these sunglasses appeared in my car, and then I was like, I don't know about this. Right after that was when I started being like straight up haunted in that one house I lived in. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what does it even mean? Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to mm-hmm. me? If if you want my expert folklore opinion. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think you probably had either a brownie or a domovoy, which are both household spirits. Oh. And basically, they're the kind of spirits that as long as you like give them chores to do and like clean the house and like, you know, that kind of stuff, like respect their boundaries. They're very nice and they're very helpful. But if you don't leave them out the proper offerings, they start getting mean and they hide your stuff and they like will do all sorts of things that will kind of like throw off your household. So if that ever happens to you again, bowl of cream or a beer left out. Oh, so, so this my... sounds like a, an Irish spirit. Is that right? Uh, brownie Ish. is Irish, uh, English, depending on the the culture. Uh, and then domovoy is traditionally Slavic. Um, oh. oh, my God, dude. What? Oh, my freaking God. (laughs) For next time. Thank you for next time. I just got, oh, my God. What if I did have a nice little spirit that was like, I found your sunglasses, but also. And then he threw them "Ah!" out. That's so scary. (laughs) And then he got very insulted, probably. I'm sure he did. I'm so sorry, little dude. But like, that was really fucking freaky, man. Dude, we, our. (laughs) And he put them in my car. (laughs) My car that was in L.A. I mean, how helpful, though. How pissed yeah. off is he now that you got rid of those? He's like, I fucking <laughs> came with you to San Diego. I'm I straight found- up leaving out a bowl of cream tonight. Uh, sorry, man. Hey, Domo boy. Super sorry, bro. I mean, Super sorry. We, we see a very limited I got to call this chick every day. I, I- <laughs> <laughs> That is so fascinating. I feel so less lonely mm. existentially mm. just mm. thinking about this, you know? I am so excited that we now have met someone. That has all this knowledge because eventually when our time to be superheroes and supernatural fighters comes, <laughs> we now can immediately fill the role of person you talk to 25 minutes in to debrief with and then reveal next plot point. That's you, man. You're the research oh, yes. element. You're the like. I'm so yes. excited to be your guy in chair. You're the guy in the chair. You're the guy. Dude, you're the guy in the chair that Sam and Dean would come visit. And they're like, we think it's a Tulpa. I don't know, but maybe a shapeshifter. And then you're like, it's neither of those. Boy, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> it's me. Woohoo. Oh, so Surprise, cool. you're always wrong, your first guess. <laughs> yeah. True, just like House MD. This is my last question because you know, we'll let you go. But honestly, I would love to just tell you stories and ask you what yes, they are. Yes, I would love to have Beautiful. you and uh, Amanda on so we can nerd out some more and talk about Daughter of the Forest, which I, we need to do. Yeah, I would love <laughs> that too. Yes, I would love that. Here's my final, final question for you. Part of exploring the natures of man must bring up a lot of stuff. And woman. And woman. And also, maybe if you're touching some old ass object, potentially curse you. So how do you cleanse both emotionally and spiritually? Like, what do you do to keep yourself safe as you dive deep into these these fascinating worlds? Ooh, that is a really interesting question. And I kind of want to tie it to probably one of my favorite mythological stories about like mental health. 
if you Ooh. if you'll indulge me for for a moment. So there is a really great goddess from the Sami culture, which is indigenous Laplander, named Biavi. And Biavi is the sun goddess. Traditionally, Biavi is worshipped in this great festival towards the end of the winter time. And so if you're not familiar with like where Lapland is, it's very, very, very north. So during the winter time, just basically almost no sun whatsoever. Oh, right. Because right? right. it's kind of near Russia. I want to say it's off the coast of Russia, like north of Finland and Norway. Yeah. It is very, very north. Fucking north. It's as like shit. as north as humans can really be. So the the Sami people like realized very, very early on that people are negatively affected by the lack of sunlight, like mentally and physically. And they understood that depression rises during that period of time in the winter, basically figured out a seasonal affective disorder before people had a name for that. And so every year the community comes together in order to invoke Biavi and bring forward members of the community that they know aren't doing well in order to basically help them get through the rest of the winter. So that is like part of Biavi's worship is helping and raising up members of the community that need help and that are struggling. And so when you, when you ask that question, how, how do I cleanse myself of these like heavy topics that we talk about when we talk about mythology and folklore, I reach out to people in my community because the best way of helping myself is reaching out to others who, you know, have the capacity to help me. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a really big reason why I started going to therapy. And it's a really big reason as to why I like to speak so openly about my own like mental health issues and my like neurodiversity, because it's so much easier to be open about the things that we struggle with than it is to hide them and suffer in silence. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Well, that's wonderful. That was truly and great. And just such a good a good for everyone to hear. Because yeah. it's always yeah. hard to ask for help. It just... Just is. I think especially in our crazy, horrible, broken society of death. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's that myth of self-sufficient mm-hmm. and independent and... All that stuff. So I want I want to return to the worship of Davi. I want to bring that back into the modern mythos of... Helping each other to help each other in a time where we are all affected, but we are all affected differently. And to be able to allow people who need the extra support, the support that they need. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think what's so great about that too is like, there's this whole cult, the community acknowledges, oh yeah, this is a really hard time. Yeah. Of course you'd be depressed. Yeah. Because I feel like that doesn't really happen. Mm. (laughs) No one, no, like as a whole in America, we're not like, well, of course, life is very painful and hard. Mm -hmm. There's kind of this myth of like, well, it's just all great. Mm -hmm. So like, why are you sad? You know, I don't know. That's right. Well, Uh, I um, love you. And I too want to marry you kind of. (laughs) I I hear that you're already married. So um... that was a shock for me. I I think that um, when we have experts on, because Hannah and I are such like... uh, (laughs) Non-experts? Non-experts. No, we're such... um, I want to say whatever... I have a real expertise kink. If anybody... You know, so anytime we have experts on, I'm going to need to say like married, single, you know, Mm. open. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. I'll I'll make sure to add that to my bio. We love knowledge. What I will say is... That I have just, it's been a total pleasure to talk to you. And I am so grateful to you for pursuing your passions the way you have, because it has given us the gift of of your knowledge and sharing it in the way you do. So if you guys want to hear more from Julia and 
her co-host, the uh, mysterious Amanda, who is not here today. Uh, you can go ahead and check out their podcast, Spirits, available wherever podcasts are found. Everywhere. Everywhere. And you guys are at Spirits Podcast. Is that true? Yep. At Spirits Podcast, spiritspodcast.com. And then our, our bigger collective of podcasts that we're a part of is Multitude. So it's multitude.productions. Awesome. Well, yes, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. And it's just so great to, you know, meet another uh, lady duo podcast of awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And thanks so much for putting magic in the world, man. If you guys want to put more magic in your world, make sure you (laughs) click like or, well, I don't know, rate, review, uh, subscribe. Let us know how the podcast is doing. Give us some feedback. You liking our guests. You liking our vibe. If you want to support the podcast and become an official earbud and member of this beautiful podcasting family, you can go ahead and go to patreon.com slash analyze this. We have a lot of excellent doodads on there and um, it's just more quality time with the Hannahs. Yeah, you know what I just realized? We should have like a sign-off type of thing. Oh yeah, uh, what's your sign-off, Julia? Yeah, what do you, do, guys do you guys do? We have a stay creepy and stay cool. Oh, oh shit. Love it. Yeah. Okay, well okay. next time we talk to you, we will have our own Ooh, sign-off. What's our sign-off? Beautiful. Hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna brainstorm on it, and uh, for those of you who are members of the Patreon family, you're gonna get to hear what our brainstorm sounds like. So make sure you go ahead and head over to the Patreon page and sign up today. Julia, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank know. you I'm so much. This is such one. a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Yay. Cheers.